Our second scripture comes from the Gospel of Luke, beginning in the 18th chapter at the 15th verse. People were bringing even infants to Jesus that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they sternly ordered them not to do it. But Jesus called them and said, Let the little children come to me and do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we come to you this morning seeking a blessing. We come as children before you, wanting to know that we are loved and that we are welcome in your house, that we are beloved Speak to us. Speak to us of your blessing. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. My first pastor was the Reverend Frank Guthrie. And he used to take questions for children's sermons in a shoebox. You'd write your question on a paper and put it in the shoebox, and then he would prepare a children's sermon based on those questions. So I put in my question, and I waited and waited and waited. But he never answered my question. And one day in the line when we were shaking hands with the pastor, my mother encouraged me to ask Reverend Guthrie about my question. Reverend Guthrie is about six feet, three inches tall. And when you are only five, that is like a giant. And this man in the middle of the line, when he was shaking everyone's hands on the way up of church, he came down and knelt with me and gave me the whole children's sermon that I had missed the week before. I was so blessed to be a member of that church. And I thank Reverend Guthrie for that blessing that let me know that I was beloved and that I was important, even enough to hold up the whole line. But I also am grateful for, and maybe even more so, to Annie Pruitt, and to Mr. Whipkey, these are real names, I did not make them up, Mrs. Shoemate, and Albert and Marie Sullivan. Annie Pruitt and Mr. Whipkey were two of the six charter members of the Maryland Heights Presbyterian Church. Mrs. Shoemate donated the property for their first church building. And Albert and Marie Sullivan 
who I spoke with on the phone this past week, are 92 and 96 years old and have been faithful members all their lives. And oh, how I was blessed. Jesus' disciples always are getting it wrong when it comes to the kingdom of God. They think they have it, and they don't. And this has been happening all through chapter 18, and now we are heading towards the end of that section, and the little children are coming, and their parents are bringing them to Jesus. And the disciples want to stop them. The disciples are living in the values of the kingdom that once the powerful, and those who are important in society or in the culture. They're bringing to them those who are accomplished and smart and have something to contribute. But Jesus has to remind them that the kingdom is for those who have nothing to contribute who are poor, who need to be fed, who are hungry, who are sick, who are vulnerable. The littlest and the least are those for whom the kingdom of God exists. Luke is the only one who tells this story and includes infants, even the infants. And Luke may have done this because in the time of first century Palestine, about a third of children died in infancy. And another third died before the age of six. And another third who reached the age of six died before they were 16. And so to be blessed by the touch of a great healer was so important. to know that they receive the love of God. Chevy Chase Presbyterian Church has understood that we step into the kingdom when we are as humble as children, vulnerable, not necessarily sweet and cute, but as vulnerable as children, and when we check at the door of the kingdom any pretense that we have that our accomplishment, that our wisdom, that our goodness or power or achievements have anything to do with us in the kingdom of God. Unless we use them for the littlest and the least and bow down and kneel down before the littlest and the least, and hold up the line. Chevy Chase Presbyterian Church, again, some of the history in 1908 when we were founded, there were 20 children in the church school and two Sunday school teachers. And as the church grew, we had a different building, and there were so many kids that they built this building. And then there were so many children that they built the the, the administration wing which was then the Christian Education Wing. But then there were so many children, they had to add on a whole Christian Education Wing. There were that many children in the history of Chevy Chase Presbyterian Church. And in 1958, 
55 years ago, some people in the church decided that it would be a good idea to offer a nursery school. And so 55 years ago, as part of our Christian education program, the Chevy Chase Weekday Nursery School was founded. When I came to Maryland, to D.C., to serve as pastor, and I would say, well, I'm the pastor of the Chevy Chase Presbyterian Church, and they would say, oh, CCPC, the nursery school. (laughs) We are known in the city as the church that has the nursery school, CCPC, the nursery school. And people have to be on waiting lists to get into CCPC nursery school. And then, 27 years ago, it was decided that there should be an after-school program for the kids when they get out of school to come. And so from 3 o'clock until 6.30, for the last 27 years, children have been welcomed to the after-school program of Chevy Chase. Every week, between Sunday school, the after-school nursery program, and the weekday nursery school, we serve more than 500 children every week. And we are blessed. We are blessed to have children. We are blessed to have children in our church and blessed that we are able to bless them, to show them that they are loved and valuable, that they receive Jesus' touch here. With children, we have someone to steward our faith for. We have someone to hold on to and take care of what we have so that we can give it to them and pass it on. We are blessed with a bright faith that children bring. The bright faith where they ask these questions and you never thought about it that way before or they bring an insight or a joyous moment. In a class of five and six-year-olds, the teacher was teaching about Noah's Ark. This is true. And one, as they were talking about Noah's Ark, and when the Ark first landed on the land, the first bird that they sent forth from the Ark to find dry land was a raven. And the Sunday school teacher asked, do you know what a raven is? And a child piped up and said, well, somebody who plays football for Baltimore. (laughs) Perspective on... Noah's Ark that we had not heard before. Children, bless us. If you have ever taught Sunday school, you know that you have learned part of the Bible better than you ever knew it before. I am blessed every time when the children come up and take communion. It brings tears to my eyes every single time. When children come forward and they have that bread, and they don't quite know what to do with it, and they are enwrapped in the mystery and know that we are doing something so special. And I am always moved to see them opening up to the wonder and the mystery of the sacrament 
of God's love. We are blessed. And given the children that God has given us, we do have a special calling to be blessing to our children. To be sure that they know the love of God, that they are touched by Jesus when they are here, that they forever know that whatever happens in their lives, they are welcome here, that they have a community of faith that loves them no matter what. The prophet Joel says that God pours out the Holy Spirit so that our young men and our young women see visions and that our sons and daughters prophesy and speak the truth. We need our sons and daughters to prophesy and speak the truth. We need young people to see visions of a world beyond climate change and beyond chemical weapons beyond poverty and beyond war. And while we cannot control where the Holy Spirit is or what the Holy Spirit will do, we can put our young people and our children in the path of the Holy Spirit, hoping that the Holy Spirit is going to run right over them. We can do that in baptism and at the communion table and in front of the Bible and in these Sunday school classes and acts of compassion and participating in worship where the Holy Spirit pools in special places. We bring our children that they may know Jesus' touch. As part of the new vision statement and the strategic plan that we have, we are envisioning and already bringing more of God's Spirit to our children and young people. For the very first time in many, many years, we have a youth committee. We have youth elders and a youth el uh, elders on session that are chairs of the youth committee. We have taken the youth committee out of Christian education and made it its own separate committee. And the committee has expanded. The committee is planning things, and for the very first time in several years, they have already planned a youth mission trip that our young people will go to the rural parts of Maine and have a transformative experience of stepping into the kingdom of God and working with the poor. They will be transformed as the people they are serving are transformed. We are getting together a children and worship subcommittee. We love committees and oh, how the kingdom of God has committees and committees. And did not Jesus say, in my house there are many committees and subcommittees? The children and worship subcommittee, but we're working on acolytes. And as we had in the summer, assistants, liturgists, with the young people every Sunday, bringing us the call to worship. This is our vision. This is already happening. Our associate pastor nominating committee has already received 
more than 60 matches on the online dating site for churches and those seeking calls. And one of the primary duties of that person is youth. My old church in Maryland Heights, when I talked with Albert and Marie Sullivan this past week, told me that Reverend Guthrie retired from the church and moved to a different part of the state and that he passed away in 2008 after a wonderful, wonderful life of serving God and blessing so many people. But then they went on to tell me that they could no longer afford to have a pastor and that they were being led by a commissioned lay preacher, and she did a good job, but they were struggling to pay her. They were a graying church, as they said, and there were no more children. They were considering selling the manse so that they would be able to pay the commissioned lay pastor. I was grateful that I had been there during a time and received a blessing as a child. And I wish for them blessings of new life and children because we never know what the Holy Spirit will do. We are stewards of blessings. We are stewards of the good gifts that God has given us. We are stewards of children. We are stewards of the faith. I urge you that as you consider your gifts and your pledges for the coming year, that you will help steward this church, steward the blessings, steward the children, so that everyone may receive Jesus' touch. And one last image. You know that I went with the youth a couple of weeks ago to Camp Kaleva, the ropes course, where I did the big swing. If you haven't seen it on Facebook, oh boy, you are missing something, the whole video. Not all of our work was up in the trees. We had a low-to-the-ground balance beam exercise in which there were a number of balance beams in a configuration with platforms at the end of the balance beams and then a central platform where all the balance beams came together. And none of these platforms were very big. And the balance beams were only about a foot or a foot and a half off the ground. And so we were divided into groups of three or four, and we were given a platform to stand on. And then we were told that we had to move from this platform to a different platform on the other side of the configuration of the balance beams, while the others moved to our platform. So, and then they tried to tell us that there was burning lava underneath and that we couldn't fall. And the deal was that if you stepped off the balance beam, everybody had to start over. Well, I think I went first from our team, blessing. I got about steps out on the balance beam and fell off. 
and everybody had to start over. In my defense, this balance beam was narrow on the top, and it wobbled. So I started again. I got three steps out in the balance beam and fell off, and everybody had to start over. And it happened again and one more time, at which point I said, listen, you guys just do this. I'm going to sit out so that you can do this. And the leader of the program stopped the program and he said, how can we do this so that everyone is able to participate and succeed? And so then the young people got the ideas. And when we did it again, somebody went in front of me and they held my hand and somebody went behind me and they held my hand and together they managed to get me from one balance beam to another and we did it. The young people figured it out and they got us all there. Christ our center, children our blessing, justice our passion. Thanks be to God. Amen.